It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What a crazy football game. There's so much to talk about in this one. Bengals come back, 21-point fourth quarter, overtime win. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host Jake Lusko. He's your host James Rapine. The Bengals have won one of the crazier football games you'll see in your life with some of the crazier plays you'll see in your life and we might miss things. There's so much to talk about in this game. We'll do our best to cover all of the big takeaways stories and more as the Bengals win again. Three in a row for Jake Browning. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And James, there's so many places you could start in this game, but I'll just let you pick one. What What's the first story, the first thing to talk about in a game loaded with things to talk about? I think it has to start with Jake Browning. It just does. QB6 and the performance that he had today and there was so much talk going into this game on this podcast and elsewhere about how this is kind of a litmus test and if will this offense come back down to earth after back-to-back 34 point games and for three quarters it was all the way back to earth they score that field goal on their opening drive and then nothing's really happening nothing's really going and towards the end of the third quarter they get that drive going and browning's able to find t higgins t higgins comes alive, Browning comes alive, this Bengals offense and team come alive. And so the fact that he led them to 24 points in the fourth quarter in overtime against the defense that hadn't given up a touchdown since November 16th, like or, or November 19th, I believe it was. It's been nearly a month uh, of touchdownless football for this Vikings defense. And they did have a buy in there, but still 13 straight quarters without giving up a touchdown. And they scored three touchdowns on them in one quarter. To, to rally back and not just get back into it at 17-17, but then to answer again, mm-hmm. I think Jake Browning deserves a ton of credit. He had 324 yards, two touchdowns, and continues to respond well when throwing interceptions, which he threw that pick to start the second half, and then it was touchdown, 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 punt, in overtime, field goal, gamer, Bengals improved to eight and six. It's like he needs to throw the pick. And then he's awesome. This is two weeks in a row where he's thrown a crushing interception that seems like it has, like, against the Colts, puts the Colts right back in the game. This week felt like it ended the game or could have ended the game. Obviously didn't. They, they had time at that point, but it was going to be hard. And it was hard. But they answered the call after there. And after these interceptions for two weeks in a row, Jake Browning has caught fire this week much harder than previous weeks. And one of the, it was one of the more interesting post-game press conferences, too. Some things to talk about from what Jake Browning had to say. One of the more interesting quarterback post-game pressers you'll hear 
both in terms of Jake Browning talking about the football game itself and the story he told about the little bit of an extra factor, revenge game factor for him in the Minnesota Vikings. And we didn't give enough thought to, I at least didn't give enough thought to going into this game. That was a major motivator for Browning. But one of the things that he talked about in his presser was that Ted Karras took a lot of the responsibility off his plate this week in terms of calling protection. So maybe that's been what they've been doing, but against a team that makes it very, very hard to figure out who's coming, who's not coming, which way do we slide the protection? How do we pick up as many guys as possible and and getting that communication down with your quarterback? So your quarterback knows which guy will be unaccounted for, which guy means, well, if they send that guy, it means he'll be unblocked and, and Browning has to throw hot. So credit to to Ted Karras for, one, fighting through an injury like Alex Kappa in this game, and two, for helping take all of that off of Jake Browning's plate. And he was treading water at best, was Browning, for a lot of this game to start the game until Mm -hmm. we got to that late third quarter and then into the fourth quarter and, and even that drive in overtime to go win the game. It was not pretty. It was it was a little bit of head swimming, not sure where the ball should be going at all times, some questionable decisions early. But then he did find his rhythm, and it wasn't all the screen game. It wasn't all passes at or behind the line of scrimmage. He's pushing the ball downfield. And I think largely with better accuracy than we've seen from him, that there were some throws, obviously, that weren't perfect. He, he missed Charlie Jones on a deep ball where Charlie Jones slow, slows down. Hard to blame Browning for that one. I think that might be on Charlie Jones. Is he alert on dagger? But really impressive game for him overall against the defense that we thought was going to challenge him big time. The fact that they were able to settle in, find answers, find a rhythm, well enough to score 21 fourth quarter points, speaks to the ceiling of this team with Jake Browning. Like they can still be good enough on offense against a very tough defense. And that's the kind of confidence that it inspires for me this week. It continues to be difficult for the last three opponents. Don't get me wrong. It's going to stay difficult in different ways, but you like the way that they answered the call late in this game. They, when he plays like that, they can beat anybody. They can. Doesn't mean they will. Not saying they're going to win out, not saying any of that. But you're right. It isn't this, oh, we're we're gonna have to rely on the screen game or the running game, or no, like today was about Jake Browning. And they thought, hey, we're gonna have to throw it on this team. And th- that's where they were at. And that's what they did. And it worked. They they had they, he spread the ball around, by the way. Eleven different players caught the ball. <laughs> Eleven. No, I'm not saying all of them were crazy huge gains, but still spreading the ball out, uh, relying on Browning's arm. Uh, 12 guys were targeted, by the way. But it, it's it, it was good to see this offense come alive the way it did, of course, because it could – one, you could argue it saves the season, all of those things. But for, for them to win, sometimes the how matters. Mm-hmm. And going up against that defense, being down, not really having any momentum – and continuing to answer and then responding the right way when you have the weird transition of Jermaine Pratt has a pick six and you have the lead. No, you don't. Questionable offside call on Trey Hendrickson. And then Minnesota scores right after that. It's like, oh, well, a lot of teams lose that. Like mm-hmm. the bad teams in the league, they lose after that, after rallying back and then they get punched in the mouth after thinking that they were going to have the lead. And Browning just led them downfield. And obviously T Higgins made one of the crazier 
extensions, catches and extensions for a touchdown that you'll see. This team, they're they're good. But I, I know that that's really simplifying it. But when Joe Burrow went down, I think most thought, all right, well, that's it. And even coming into today, even during the game, I'm like, yeah, this might be it. Like this might be they end up seven and seven and they have to, to win out to get into the postseason. And they came alive at the right time and not only kept those postseason hopes alive, but the offense is a big reason why they did it. Not just the offense. I know we'll get to the defense, but man, Browning on down. I mean, to lose Chase and to still play that way and and to find Boyd and to find Higgins and Tanner Hudson had some big catches. Mitch Wilcox had a, a nice catch. Like there's there's uh, something to be said for for spreading it around like he did. Tanner Hudson had an awesome game, actually. Like one of the quieter awesome games because none of his – he had one explosive technically. I think he had a 20-plus yard catch, but like nothing was – 14. 14 was, was his it? Okay. Yeah. Nothing, but still. nothing was crazy huge for him. Like T. Higgins had some insane plays. Tyler Boyd had some insane plays or had an insane play. Uh, Jamar had the crazy third and 21-yard catch, which – Great play for Jake Browning as well to stay patient, stay aggressive on that play, not check it down. So there are a few topics there that I want to get to before we necessarily talk about the defense, which we do have to talk about as well. But uh, individual plays, individual efforts. There are a number of really, really cool plays in this game for some of these players that stepped up, including on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Mike Hilton, BJ Hill. And unfortunately, we got to talk about some injuries as well because the Bengals did suffer on that front today. So we'll make sure we get to those notes here coming up next. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to hire. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs is there for you and you need to check it out. They have the tools to help you find the right professionals for your job faster and for free. And they have access to over a billion professionals. That's billion with a B. That's tons of people available for you to find the right people for your business. And it's easy when you have that many quality candidates. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. That's a fast turnaround time because LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to do it all on their own. They make it intuitive quick and easy. You can post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by Streetside Brewery. And maybe it's Saturday night. You're listening to this. The Bengals just won. We'll get the street side. Or maybe you're thinking, I want to go out and watch some football games on Sunday. Well, you got to get the street side because they have 24 taps from Four full pints to four ounces. They have a size that's going to be perfect for you, and they're local. 4003 Eastern Avenue in Columbia, Tusculum, near Lunkin Airport. Whether it's a fruited sour, a New England IPA, a lager, a plenty of different unique flavors of beer that are that come during the holiday season. They got you covered. I love Streetside because they have something for everyone. They have unique flavors that you're not going to get. Anywhere else, they're creative and they taste great. So check out Streetside today. Like I said, they're near Lincoln Airport at 4003 Eastern Avenue. It's not the east side or the west side. 
The best side is street side. James, let's hit these injuries to get them out of the way. No! I will try not to dismay about them too much. DJ Reader likely lost for the season, certainly the most impactful, whether it's a quad or a knee. Uh, there, there's reporting around both of those injuries. It sounded very bleak for DJ Reader. Pretty devastating injury. I'm very upset about it. Personally, James Reader, one of my favorite players on the team. And to lose him again to another injury late in the year, in a contract year, I have a lot of confidence that he'll land on his feet. He will be okay long-term, but you hate to see it for a guy that's so critical for this defense. You credit the players that stepped up, of course. We'll talk about some of those as well. But massive injury, feel terrible for him. DJ Ivy as well went out shortly after that on a cart on a special teams play. And Jamar Chase left the game, came back out onto the sideline in a sweatshirt, had one of his arms not in the sleeve. Easy to speculate that that was in a sling, that there's some sort of shoulder issue there. We'll see what happens with Jamar Chase on the injury report this week. But certainly with Reader and Chase headlining them, some critical injuries for this team to watch this week, not to mention the guys that were dealing with bumps and bruises that left the game, then came back into the game, including Chase Brown, Joe Mixon, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, and I'm sure some guys that we didn't even necessarily notice. Yeah, so just a couple notes. I didn't see DJ Reader in there. Obviously, it looked really, really serious. It it sucks. I would use other words, but I, I think I would get in trouble um, because we're not supposed to use those words on the pod, so I won't. Um, but it sucks, and, and you feel for him, and you know, hopefully there's a miracle. I don't think so. Cause if Zach Taylor is saying it after the game that, that it's, he fears it's serious. Usually Zach gives you nothing post game about injuries. It's almost silly to ask, but uh, we always do just in case. And this time it sounds like it, it's really serious. DJ Ivy. I saw him in the locker room. was on crutches. I just wished him well. I went up and talked to him and I, I don't think it's good. I don't know. I didn't ask him anything, but saw him on crutches, just wished him well. And uh, a couple of others, Jamar Chase was in the locker room, didn't talk to him, but appeared to be in good spirits, was joking with uh, Lagridi, who was here, uh, I believe. Uh, that's, uh, that's who was in the locker room, who he's talking to. I didn't get a, a great angle, but uh, was smiling and stuff. So hopefully that, that's a good sign. Ted Karras, a little hyperextension. I think he was in a lot of pain going into the locker room at halftime, but he's okay. It sounds like he, he plans on playing and being fine, all of those things. So. Uh, at least a little good news on that front. Not sure on the other guys, but there's a, a long list of injuries, and, and obviously we'll keep them updated. I guess that the one thing um, is that they at least have a long week. You know, in, it's not a short week; it's a normal week where it's Saturday to Saturday. Mm-hmm. So uh, instead of six days, they have seventy heels. So we'll see. But uh, really, really unfortunate. And and I think the reader injury—it's a good way to dive into the defense a little. Just. The fact that DJ Reader goes down, they give up 100-plus yards on the ground to Chandler. And the moment of the game in overtime is you get off the field on third and short and mm-hmm. fourth and inches, and, and you find a way with just inches being the difference. I mean, if they get that first down, they're kicking a field goal. Like They would get some more yards probably, but they'd kick a field goal and probably win the game. And this defense steps up without DJ Reader with the game on the line. Yeah, Zach Carter. A guy that has taken a lot of heat this season. And and yep. honestly, I'm not sure how good he was overall in this game. We have to go check. I, I noticed him a couple times doing some positive things in the run game. He's going to play more. 
down the stretch. We'll see if the Bengals make a move there. Terry Tart uh, was waived by Tennessee or cut by Tennessee. I don't know that he's a vested veteran. Either way, there is a guy out there potentially if the Bengals are interested, if there's not more to that story, but we'll see if they make a move or not. If not, it's going to be more of Zach Carter, Josh Tupo, and JT Fele down the stretch, along with BJ Hill. And Zach Carter was instrumental in stopping that fourth down, got low, fast, disrupted any forward momentum. It sounds like Mullins mishandled the snap as well, or, or looked like Mullins mishandled the snap as well. So uh, shout out Zach Carter on that particular play. Different guys, though, stepping up. Miles Murphy continues to flash and continues to show that he's trending in the right direction had a very clean sack could have had two if not for a questionably not called holding penalty on christian derisaw earlier in the game murphy ran the arc on him later in the game and had a clean sack ball maybe should have been gone but clean sack beating a very very good left tackle around the edge also played a read option play beautifully had a nice run stop there love the trajectory for miles murphy trey hendrickson also had a sack beating Christian Derisaw pretty cleanly. Talked about that questionable offsides penalty. That's two straight weeks for Hendrickson and some very untimely flags, but uh, the team managed to I mean, overcome. this one's way worse, too. I mean, this one's oh, yeah. way worse than last I mean, week. I mean. Oh. For the time in the game, taking a touchdown off the board, not really impacting. Like, questionable call either way. You can go look at my timeline, Joe Goodberry's timeline. Go watch the replay for yourself to see in slow-mo whether Trey was actually offsides. He moved early, but whether he was actually offsides early uh, is, a, is a point of debate. Last cool play on defense I want to highlight, and, and maybe you've got some to James was the the Mike Hilton interception was awesome. It was either one double 87, meaning one with a double outside on TJ Hawkinson, who was lined up out wide with Dax Hill pressing him. They had a bracket there or it was double double, meaning double on Hawkinson and a double on Justin Jefferson. It kind of played out like there was a bracket on Jefferson and a bracket on Hawkinson with Mike Hilton coming from post safety because Dax Hill was down and pressed man. So you have Mike Hilton as the single high safety man on the inside of that bracket. And he could just be playing normal cover one post safety. Could have been just a straight up bracket double double called on, on Jefferson in that spot and undercuts a pretty bad throw to be fair, but undercuts a, a ball intended for Jefferson for that pick. One of two red zone interceptions to go with BJ Hill's awesome play this week. There should have just been a sack, but Nick Mullins made a dumb decision to try to get rid of the ball. So some guys stepped up and made some plays on this defense. And, and those were the ones that were cool to me that, that I wanted to shout out. Sure. I, the BJ Hill one is insane. The, the Nick Mullins throw the interception to, to Mike Hilton. What is he doing? Like what I, an I awful throw. I, 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 what are you doing? Just throw it away. Like you're in scoring, right? Like, why did you, like, there was, there was a 0% chance that gets caught by a Viking. The, the reason no I guess you do it is because he kind of threw two other yellow balls that turned into touchdowns. There are some real dumb throws that turned into touchdowns in this game. Yeah, I mean, the, the Addison play where he just toasts Turner, that one, I was like, okay, well, maybe that's it. Maybe that that's when I really – I was like, all right, this, this might be everything catching up with the Bengals. And they just keep responding. I, I think that's the part is like when we talk about the injuries especially – they still find ways, and you can only do so much. The TR Tart's an interesting thing. I did not think about that, by the way, but, man, they, they continue to respond the right way. And 
Whew, there's still plenty to go over, plenty to discuss. Uh, this is such a wild game. I mean, Zach Taylor said it's the most uh, – oh, what word did he say? A, it wasn't competitive, hard fought, a hard fought game he's been a part of. So uh, we will put a bow on things and try to get the rest of our thoughts out to you coming up next right here on Locked on Bengals. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is perfect for you. They are America's number one sports book. And guess what? With the Sunday games and no Bengals, it's the perfect time to get to FanDuel because you can watch Red Zone and get in on the action with FanDuel. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Hopefully you took my advice earlier this week. You threw $5 on the Bengals and they not only escape with a victory, maybe you have that $150 in bonus bets to use right now. But all you have to do, put a $5 money line bet on a team. could be the NBA on Saturday night or on Sunday. And then you, once you're right, which you'll get it right, you're watching, you're watching, then you get that $150 in bonus bets. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. They have the latest spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. It is safe. It is easy. It is convenient with America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get your $150 bonus today. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Want to make sure we get to some of the really cool standout plays on the offensive side of the ball as well as I was able to rattle off a number of them on defense, not including Jermaine Pratt's awesome play that didn't count, that should have counted. Uh, I'm sure there will be more that turn up on on film review as well. But on offense, uh, a huge credit to Jake Browning in this game. Of course, that's where we started the episode, but mentioned that so much more was pushed downfield in this game for Browning. He could have had more, too, if T. Higgins comes up with a couple of uh, – one, one was just a stone-cold drop. One was uh, – you could call it a drop. It's, there's a defensive player involved. The ball comes out going to the ground. Could have had an even bigger day because the yeah. Charlie Jones play could have been a touchdown if Charlie Jones doesn't slow down mid-route as he's the alert on a dagger, meaning he's running the clear-out go. There's a dig running behind it. That clear-out go is almost never thrown. It was an awesome read for Jake Browning to pull the trigger on that throw just didn't connect on it because Charlie Jones slowed down because he overthrew it a little bit, whatever the cause is could have been an even bigger day. Yeah. I think it's like the aggression. Yeah. I think it was a little bit of both, but there's no doubt that Charlie slowed down and then he put on the afterburners, Mm -hmm. which you never run that like, unless the ball's there, you're never putting on afterburners like that hard anyways. So it's the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, but that's when you got to have. I was like, yeah. th- those were the got to have it plays we talked about coming in. And I was like, are they going to be able to overcome that? For three quarters, they couldn't. I mean, that that was a huge play. Should have been a touchdown. And they did overcome it late with some of the plays I'm about to talk about. I don't really blame either guy for that a ton. 
that there's like sure. reasons to to forgive both of them for for Jones slowing down on the route. You forgive him because that ball almost never gets thrown to the alert go. That that clear out route almost never gets thrown. It's, it's it's super rare. And for Browning, because Jones slowed down, it's hard to fault him there. But love the aggression, love the read from Browning on that play. That's a pretty high level decision in my opinion. Just to throw the clear out go on dagger, you you very rarely see that against cover two where no safety carries a go. Um, but but again, that's a play they sh- should have had and, and could have made Browning's stat line even more impressive. But T. Higgins, to his credit, bounced back in a big way in this game in the second half. After at halftime, I said, man, it's been a tough season for T. Higgins. He can't catch a break this year after his catch was overruled. About 100 people in my replies told me that he can't catch a ball this year. And then he had one of the more impressive mossings you'll see um, mm-hmm. to, to come down with a YOLO ball from Jake Browning near the pylon and, and have the awareness and body control to turn and get that arm extended over the goal line to make sure they got six. That's that. You like yoga, Jake. That's that yoga Pilates that he's been doing to be <laughs> able to bend that way. I That's the Pilates TD. I, the awareness alone is just unbelievable. It's also stupid. I know he's been struggling, like I'm, but it's stupid to pretend that T. Higgins isn't like a great player. He's going to make twenty plus million dollars per year on his next contract. That hasn't changed because of today. Like you show that, people will overlook the numbers. Like teams will overlook the numbers because it's hard to find that. And, and he reminded everyone that he's still that dude. And heck, Justin Jefferson was impressed with it after the game, like coming up to him and, and talking to him. So he's uh, he, he deserves credit for not losing it mentally because mm-hmm. it would have been real easy at some point this year with the injuries, with the fact that he is in a contract year and got a backup quarterback. He's never he's been the same guy, and he's not old. This is a twenty four year old kid, and he approaches it. Uh, as professionally as possible. He's never bickered to me, complained to me, nothing. I think I have a pretty good relationship with him. I don't think he's bickered to anybody else in that locker room either. And that's what you need. And I I feel really good for him because we know he could have had a bigger day. Heck, he could have had a 75-yard, 76-yard touchdown last week if Browning was Mm -hmm. more accurate. Like the T. Higgins breakout, that could continue. And and, and I'm, I'm really glad that he was able to rally. All of his catches came in the fourth quarter, by the way. It's, it's not like he, he rebounded quickly after those drops. It, it, the third quarter was kind of um, – it was, it was a drought, and then uh, boom, that t- 13-yard touchdown got him going. And that was also a nice play. It's just a little corner route. He ends up matched up on a safety eventually, but fights through contact near the top of the route and easily generates separation with that safety. That's a matchup you'd expect him to win, but he did so fighting through – what could have been called illegal contact had the refs been so inclined? They were letting the DBs, as we saw later in the game in overtime, play pretty physically with wide receivers in the Ran secondary. Over. Yeah, I don't think we saw uh, a DPI flag in this game, despite that one that looked – I mean, there's a hand in the collar pulling. I mean, that that's – but, uh, you know. They overcame it. Didn't end up mattering. They did. And uh, a lot of that's to do with Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. want to make sure we shout out those guys as well. Joe Mixon in this game was fantastic. He only had 10 carries. He only averaged four and a half yards per carry. The, the numbers aren't amazing for him. He added three catches for 14 yards. But 
He was efficient when he did get the carries, and he would have he was going to have to be. This was not a game. This was not a defensive style that was going to be something that Chase Brown style runs were going to be something you could hit a ton in this game. And that shows up in Chase Brown's average. He only was just over three yards per carry in this game because the traps, the whams, the crack tosses, and I think his best run was on a toss play are just not as accessible against the way the Vikings play defense versus the way the last couple of opponents in the, in the uh, AFC South play defense. So Joe Mixon, patient running. We saw his pre-line of scrimmage work today, his patience, his vision, his ability to set up blocks, make good decisions behind the line of scrimmage and make good decisions as to where to cut the ball upfield. That was on display in this game. And his touchdown run on fourth and goal was insane power, like insane balance, power, body control. He is taking a guy on unblocked and is, is honestly, he's dead to rights. There's no way he should get in there. Keeps his feet, keeps his balance, keeps his keeps the power going and drags another two guys into the end zone. That is a phenomenal one-yard run for Joe Mixon to get that touchdown, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. Agreed. He's been great in those situations over the past couple of weeks. I think about the, the touchdown on the goal line against the Jags where he was able to keep his legs, somehow keep his legs off the ground and his knee – from touching this one mm-hmm. straight power. I think it was Daniel Hunter was in there and I, I don't have the other as well. Yeah. I've been, yeah. Like I've been pace, pace had a free shot at him. Unblocked. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, if you're Joe Mixon, that's what you should do to a five ten guy. Like that's like, that should be your mindset, especially on fourth and goal. Mm-hmm. They needed that. It was a guy to have it and they got it and he deserves a ton of credit. I, I agree with you. I think that this, these running backs and Chase Brown left briefly and, and St. Mixon looked like he got a little nicked up, but these running backs, the one, two punch really works well and fits well. And whether it's thunder lightning, whatever comp you want to make, it translates. And uh, it was big for them to be efficient on the ground because in games like this, when you know you're throwing it, and I think they did, they knew they were going to throw it 40 plus times. You need efficiency from the, the ground game. You might not get, 100-plus yards on the ground, but it needs to be efficient, and it was with Joe. It was with Joe Mixon in this game, and this is the kind of game they needed from him. Uh, they, they did stop running the ball to, to some extent in the second half when you're down two touchdowns. That's one of the reasons that you credit Jake Browning and this coaching staff when you're down in a very negative game script to get that level of play from your quarterback, who is not Joe Burrow, is an awesome achievement for this offense against a defense that should be making it very hard on you. So you credit them for staying aggressive, for being able to continue to push the ball downfield, find the right buttons to press. Tyler Boyd, really quiet day until it wasn't 44-yard catch to set up the game winner. Awesome play for him there as well. Can't forget that. Jamar Chase, the the big third and 21 conversion. Again, incredible play for, for Chase and for Browning. Unfortunately, Chase goes down with an injury on that play. And, and even Chase Brown, I mentioned the running game was limited for him in this game, but the screen on the f- first drive of the game, I think, where he breaks a tackle from Cameron Bynum, who's been pretty good, pretty dang good safety for the Vikings this year. That's a, a feather in his cap from a scouting perspective. Um, just the, the ability to run through those tackles for him and, and adding that power to his speedy game. You love to see that for Chase Brown. And I'm sure there's more that we've missed we'll have to get into in our second reaction this week. Yeah, Brown had 51 yards on on 10 touches. I mean, that's you take that. 
you still take that, no doubt. And he had, he had some decent runs. You're right. The the run where uh, the toss run was a really good run where he he found yeah. something that I didn't necessarily think was there. But uh, one more thing. That's on the, the screen, speed, baby. The, 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 a couple of those screen passes that Jake threw to Chase were perfect. And there are good screen passes and bad screen passes, and, and he deserves for the touch he put on him where Chase could catch it and just go and, and catch yeah. it in stride, didn't have to stop or anything like that. So, But you're right, plenty more to react to, Jake. I, I'm i surprised. I, and this team doesn't surprise me a ton because expectations have been pretty high. I'm surprised that, uh, that they were able to pull that one out. Huge, huge win. We'll have to check on this. This might be the first time Zach Taylor's overcome an eight-plus point deficit in the fourth quarter. They were down 14 entering the fourth quarter. They won. I'm not sure if they've ever pulled off quite that achievement. I know they've had some fourth quarter comebacks, but I don't know if they've had any to this degree. We'll have to double check on that one. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. The Bengals will walk off winners at Paycor, get to eight and six. Until next time, thanks for listening. Hooday, and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 